Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Wednesday morning. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, lots to talk about. We're going to look back at our midseason stock draft, see how we did. We're going to talk about who has the most on the line on Monday to sort of change our opinion of them heading into the offseason or a second round of the playoffs. But, Zach, how are you? Doing well. Excited for the show. Looking forward to... Uh... Talking more Eagles Bucks. The reason I had that quizzical look on yeah, my face. Yeah, what's, what, what's confusing you? I was trying to figure out who that player was. It was Jordan Davis. It certainly was. Yes, but at the at, at the minute I saw it, I couldn't guess it. And it brings to mind, I haven't shared this on the pod, something you might appreciate. On the, or in the Eagles Auditorium, they have signage about... You know what? Every time, Zach, with that. <laughs> they have signage... Uh, so rude. ...about forcing turnovers. And, yes. And... Uh, Avoiding turnovers, right? And so, like, the grip you do and the techniques you do. Yes. And there's one player who none of us could figure out. I thought it was Patrick Johnson. No. I'll tell you who it was for a second, okay? okay? Uh, so, it was the, the it was a game against the Jets. The Eagles were in black pants and a white top. So, therefore, it's from the 2021 season, okay? And we had to go through the play-by-play to figure out exactly who it was. We couldn't get... It, the the player is Ryan Kerrigan. Are you sure? We're positive. It's Ryan Kerrigan, and yeah, the skin the skin complexion. We were we were trying to figure that part out. Like the the way I guess the mm, interesting. You, know. you don't usually dip into uh, you know race talk, so this is interesting. Well, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> in the race talk, you know, we were trying to figure out who it it it, it was, and we had to go through mm-hmm. the play by play to find out the Did tackle this happen a second on that time? player. Yes, it happened a second time because oh, okay. we were all quizzing each other. Who is that? And I did bring up Patrick Johnson, but Patrick Johnson was not involved in a tackle on that player. And the player who was because was I think Kerrigan. we did this, and there was a there was a preseason game when Patrick Johnson yes. was involved in forcing a fumble. But they, was, but they were not wearing black pants in the preseason. Interesting. So it was wow. it was Ryan Kerrigan. Wow. That'll do it for this episode of the PHLY <laughs> Eagles podcast. Uh, a tough night for you, huh? I'll share with the audience. Uh, sure. The power was out as it was for, I believe, over 120,000 people in the Philadelphia area. Wow. So I can empathize. It was out for 11 plus hours. And I remember this happening when I was a kid. And uh, uh, there is a bit of a novelty to it if it happens early enough. You know, you, you light a candle, you sure. play some games. Yes. It's like uh, you feel like you're living in the 1800s. But if you're a man who needs to be productive at yeah. all hours of the day it's it's not ideal well it's it's not a, i was trying to write a story my since coming to phly my writing time is at night because our shows are during the day right uh so after the kids went to sleep i was starting on a story and i was transcribing and setting up the story and then all of a sudden all all of <laughs> all of the sudden uh Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, at a little before nine o'clock, it seemed, boom, the power went out, and that's mm. fine. You know, power goes out from time to time. Figured, all right, it'll be an hour, might be two, and I'm sitting there, and, and then all of a sudden, all then suddenly, you're thinking, okay, how cold is it going to get tonight? Yeah, right. That's one thing. Then there are, you know, is there stuff in the refrigerator that's going to go bad? Because the thing you got to do is you don't open the refrigerator. You got to keep it sure, closed. Exactly. Yeah. So we were going through that. And then it was just like, well, go to sleep and you'll wake up and the power's on. But then 
I typically go to sleep watching television or reading. Uh, West Wing episodes. And I, or, I, uh, I, I could not do either one. My iPad, office. my iPad wasn't charged. My Kindle wasn't charged. So at that point, that's fine. I'll just go to sleep. Uh, but I was not falling asleep. And I kept going on my phone to check Pico's app to see how many people were out where, you know, they you have could, a map. You could, you could spring out of bed and finish that story. I was hoping to. Yeah. Yes. I was hoping to have something online when people awoke this morning. And I couldn't, it, it's not like I could go to a coffee shop at, the, at, the, at, the, sure. at that hour either. So anyways, but it, it came on this morning around 740. Should have came over to my house. I didn't know I was invited. Yeah. You didn't ask. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. At 740, it came back on and was able to get here. Although the drive here I mean, the term ap- ap- apocalyptic might be a little too much, wow. but no, I mean, there was, no, there was, uh, there were fallen trees and, you know, branches everywhere. So treacherous. Yeah. It just, it just makes you feel good that it makes you feel good or makes you feel fortunate that the power was all that sure. we had to worry about, not something significant. And my thoughts are with those who were more affected by the storm last night. Okay. Everything good in the Wolf household last night? All good. Power stayed on? Power stayed on. Okay. A lot of rain, but... We... How was the wind? Windy. No, was it? <laughs> was it howling? Was it... I wouldn't say it was howling. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was just a lot of rain. I I, I used to have um, problems with leaks in, when I lived in the city. Okay. And uh, so every time it, it rained... Very was... generous of me to not make more of that. <laughs> I mean, the way your mind works, one would typically think that a, that when you are talking about rain, in the sentence, I used to have problem with leaks. When you're in the context, could be taken many different ways. Maybe it's uh, you're allergic to the food leaks. Okay. Could be that. In the context of it raining, I used to have when it. So what I was saying is every time it 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 rained, I would shudder at the thought of. I remember this. A leak. You had yes, you didn't. You did have a, a leak problem. Yes. And a leaky roof. A leaky roof. Yeah. Yep. But all good now. Okay. All right, Zach, we're in the playoffs. Let's let's talk about uh, yes. the Eagles being in the playoffs. Best yeah. thing you said this week. We'll hear from coordinators today, mm-hmm. so not much news yet. But I do think we have to appreciate the fact that as dire as things seem now, there is also a chance that this specific situation where the Eagles are struggling and they are barely like one point favorites on the road to Tampa Bay could represent their best chance to win a Super Bowl in the next, you know, three, four years. Right. Hmm. Um, Because with Jalen Hurts' contract and this group of veterans who are either retiring or moving on most likely anytime soon, who knows what the next few years have in store. There's no guarantee they're going to be back in the playoffs or even in a situation where all they're, they're road favorites, right? So with that in mind, given how everything has gone over the past six weeks, we want to talk about like who has a chance here to rewrite the script, rewrite the narrative of, of the way that we think about them. And obviously, if, if they do lose this game, you know, this is the, the lasting impression heading into the offseason. If they win this game, then sure. we'll remember this game. It's, it's a playoff game. It matters. How are you sort of feeling about like the, the 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 possibility of this team being able to turn things around? It's hard to to not think about what we've seen the last two weeks, especially. Yeah, it's it's impossible to divorce what we saw these past two weeks because this is who they are right now, and they have to prove otherwise. 
I do think it's a, it's a game they could win. While I agree with you that there is an opportunity here because it's, it's not a season where there's such high play from quarterbacks around the league that, that you, if you run into this guy, it's, it's trouble between injuries and performance issues with different teams. That's not the case this year. So in, in theory, it, it's, it's more open than it's ever been. But I feel less confident that the Eagles can make a run this year because I'd be worried about them in round two uh, against San Francisco or against Dallas. However, if there are upsets in round one, I do think a path could open up for the Eagles to make the NFC Championship game. And then you have one game and anything could happen, right? So... Your little Uncle Mo on your side. Who exactly. Knows? Yeah. I, you know, I, I saw on Twitter yesterday Ron Jaworski's picks, and Ron Jaworski had, uh, I think it, it, it was, um, you know, based on his picks, the Eagles would go to Detroit in in round two, which I, I actually think would be like a, a, a fine matchup for the Eagles, right? I, I think Eagles fans would take going to Detroit in round two. Uh, so there's there's a handful of of, of situations like we talked about on yesterday's show that makes me think that if they get past Tampa Bay and they avoid San Francisco, you don't want to see San Francisco with San Francisco getting an extended rest out there. You're on a short week. That would be problematic. But I, I think you have a better chance of beating San Francisco in the championship game than you do in round two. From what, what, about, I the, what about the rust factor? I, I'm not a big rust factor guy. I, I, I know... You know, Tennessee lost when they were the one seed two years ago. A.J. Brown's last year there. But I'm not... Eagles played better in the NFC Championship than they did in the second in the second round against the Giants last year. Sure. Look, look, there might be validity there. I just think that's a matchup problem for the Eagles. And no I, doubt about so, it. I mean... Yeah. So... <laughs> the I, offense is specifically designed yeah. to, even at their best, exactly. take advantage of them. And so, boy, are they not at their best. Yeah, so... Based on that, no, I, I Christian would, Ellis is not walking through that door. <laughs> I would not feel great about the Eagles getting off the plane in the middle of the night uh, from Tampa Bay, and then you have 24 hours to put a game plan together against the 49ers. Now, presumably, they're doing some advanced scouting, not the head, not the main part of the coaching staff, but quality control and whatnot. But do you think they're spending their most time advanced scouting on Detroit? They don't need to advance scout Dallas. They played Dallas yeah. twice. Sure. San Francisco, maybe. Yeah, but I think San Francisco. Okay. I, I, I would imagine trying to figure out like a plan for San Francisco would be the the approach, certain tendencies, things of that nature. But Probably like germ warfare <laughs> being one of their best plans. <laughs> trying to figure out that joke. Uh, I mean, yeah. the, the, it seems like their best hope, send, send somebody who's sick <laughs> no. to cough around the building. <laughs> Look, it's, it's one game. You never know what could happen. Sure. But yeah, I, I think that to answer your question... I'm not ruling out a run here because I do think if they get back, if if they get past Tampa Bay, which they're favored to do, it's not a given, but they're favored to do. Um, these other matchups this this week are such that I think they there's a chance they can avoid San Francisco. I'm gonna be watching those Sunday game. Both NFC games are on Sunday. Okay, the AFC games are on Saturday. Both NFC games are on Sunday, and it's done that way because that way you don't have a team playing on a short week. Right, you know the, the, the so, um, so you you know the two Saturday games. There'll be a Saturday AFC game. In in, in other words, right. Um, so 
that's a roundabout way of 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 saying that I I I think that if the Eagles can avoid the 49ers, there's a chance they can make a run. But if they play the 49ers in round two, I think it ends there. It's funny. It's uh, Rich Hoffman wrote about this in his newsletter, which I hope everybody is reading. Everybody should be reading. Uh, like the the life cycle of of the Eagles fan these days. It's like Monday, like oh my God, fire everybody. Tuesday, eh, probably still fire everybody. Yeah. Wednesday, like, okay, I could talk myself. Like this team is so talented, you know. If they, well, they just, are, if they could just put it together, they could beat anybody. And you're you're ramping yourself up yeah. as the week goes on, and then like three plays into the game on Sunday, you're like, what was I thinking? They stink. So you know, well, it, may, that, yeah. it may go that way again. No, you're right, and I, yeah, I think to the uh, to the college football playoff argument when I didn't buy this argument, but. When they're putting it together, they're like, who would you least want to face, right? And I imagine Tampa Bay probably didn't want to see the Eagles, even as, as poorly as the Eagles are playing. I could be wrong there, but the Eagles are a talented team that's beating well, good given teams. their choices, they would certainly rather face the Eagles than the Cowboys. True. Okay, given that. I, 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 I just meant you, there are teams you'd I think if I, I think I would rather see the Eagles than the really? Packers or the Rams. Interesting, because you believe in momentum. No, it's not momentum. They you believe this is who they are. You believe the way they're yeah, playing. Yeah, it's not like they're coming off a bad loss. I mean, sure. they have, like, if you just look at the last month of the mm-hmm. season, they've been a very bad team. Well, that's, I mean, the last, the, I, the last four games, they're yeah. one and three. I can't, I can't dispute that. Against not just bad, a bad team. Like a horrible team. Yeah, yeah. they've yeah, been one of, one the, of worst the worst teams, teams in football. One of the worst teams in football. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, and I, I see in the, in the chat, Matt H says, I'm not talking myself into this team anymore. Matt H, I'm not talking you into this team anymore either. Hmm. They need to Stuck show it. Stuck into it, though. They, they need to show it. I, I just, when I watch I know, you that. Look we, at it, you do that on paper. If we were doing the roster exactly. draft again, we, you know, yeah. we, we'd probably pick a lot of Eagles. When I watch that week three game, and I understand. It, it's a lifetime ago. Yeah, but it, it, it is the same roster as for the most part, I don't think Justin Evans and Terrell Edmonds are the difference between who knew. Who knew? I think sure. we, I think we know who was the key, Christian Ellis. But did Christian Ellis play defense that game? No, he didn't need yeah. to. He's the, the pure force of personality. Pure force. I I wonder if Christian Ellis knows this bit now. We've it's talked not about, a bit. No, but we talked. They about were one this of the best the teams in the league with him on the roster, and they've been one of the worst teams in the league with him off of it. Yeah, one of it's my favorite uh, Wolfstens you did was the interview with Elijah Riley. Mm, phone interview. COVID phone times. Is not, you know, still. it's a, a, a rare wolf stand that was not in person. Still, the idea that Elijah Riley is this nice, hardworking guy, went to the Army, and, you know, thinks that he has someone here who just thinks he's a good football player. And I do think he was a good no, football player. No, but I'm saying player. little does he know that you are, that he is a camp crush of great tradition. Yeah. Yes. And what a call that was. Still yes. on the, you're still in the NFL still on the active the NFL. roster. That is true. You do know how to pick them. Get a good that's, text? That's exactly right. I got an update from uh, daycare. Oh, okay, good. Oh, good. Late arrival today? We're working. We're, we're probably moving off of Jane's nap, hmm. mm, unfortunately. She's, the bedtime the last week or so has been just a nightmare. She will not go to sleep. And so okay. it's, unfortunately, as much as we would like to keep the nap, we probably got to cut it loose. I think it's a good thing. I mean, I hope it turns out to be good. Yeah, I don't know. naps are unproductive, so. <laughs> you are ridiculous. And also, from our perspective, naps are very productive. It, was if, it, was, it is actually on the weekend your only chance to be productive when 
the three-year-old yeah. is napping. It was it was meant to be a joke. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, through this prism, <laughs> Zach. Uh, we'll save the ad rate for a sec. Let's let's do one round of picks first. Okay. Who who do you think has? And this is not predicting who is going to change, mm-hmm. but who who has the chance to really change what we think about them based on how this game goes the most? Well, this is the obvious answer. It's low hanging fruit, but it's Nick Sirianni. And the reason is Nick Sirianni is getting heat right now. That is unlike anything I've seen for a coach in this position, and rightfully so with the way they're collapsing. I do think that there is a degree of equity that needs to be taken into account. Uh, but, I, look, you were on it before anyone else. And I, 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 I give you credit. I, I, I definitely did not give you credit then. I give you credit now because— I don't need credit. It's not about me. Because you acknowledge that this, if, if this goes south, could we we'd be having this conversation? Well, we had that conversation. And I even said on the show, and I saw Rich in his newsletter, remark like that I said— how ridiculous is, is this? And when you look at someone with that record over three years, it does seem ridiculous. It does. But it's hard to put your finger on what has happened during this past month. And if they go out and collapse in the postseason, then what does that say about the way this team is responding to their coach, given all this conversation that was going on? Like the Cardinals game, you can't explain. Last week, you can say, all right, it's week 18. They're just trying to get to the playoffs at that point. Now you're in the playoffs. It's 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 win and go home. There's like literally no excuse for coming out flat, for coming out unmotivated, for coming out uh, unresponsive. So now the flip side is if they win this game, then all this, then suddenly, if they come out and and are buttoned up, yes. If they have a plan for the blitz, they have yes. a special game plan. Nick has put a put together a really good offensive game plan, and the guys are trying on defense and tackling well and have come out yep. uh, like with their, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted, then yes, that will, uh, that will change what we think. And I think that that will save that, that they, there won't even be a conversation. Even exactly. if they get blown out in San Francisco, okay, he still has it in him. If they come out and play like they did last week and they don't have answers for Todd Bowles yep. you know, pressure plan and they look lost and the defense is as bad as it's mm-hmm. been the last two weeks, then I think it's going to be it's going to be really hard to make the strong case that that he deserves to lead this team forward. Not like irregardless, uh, regardless can't be saying that. Not even taking into account the unbelievable track record he has had over the course of three years. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I I and there's think, obviously a very wide middle in there. I didn't think I I, I would say that. That's why this game's almost a, a referendum on him and. Look, it comes with being the head coach. I, I would, it, as unfair as it might seem, it, it comes with being the head coach. There, there's no fair or unfair. It's, it's, it's fair when you're, when you're in this type of collapse and you're the head coach of the team and you're, you're literally responsible for keeping this from happening. Now you're in a postseason game, a very winnable postseason game. It's not like they drew Dallas or San Francisco in the first round. A game against Tampa Bay, a team that is a middling team, 9-8, and eight, a team that just is, like them. A team that does not have an elite quarterback. A team that personnel-wise, you should be superior. Then I, I think thirty-two of uh, of thirty-two teams would take the Eagles roster over the Bucks roster right now. So based on that, yeah, you need to respond, and the way the players respond to you should speak 
to uh, it should speak volumes to Jeffrey Lurie. It should speak volumes to the fan base. Like you said, if they come out, they solve these problems. They look good. They look good. They look like they're turning this thing around. Then the PHLY show, the uh, stories on Tuesday morning, talk radio on Tuesday morning, uh, social media, the message boards, the national shows. Nikki's got his group back. Yes, the conversation will rightfully change. It's in Nick's hands, as as Jason Kelsey says. You control the narrative. Okay, they control the narrative. They'll write the stories. It's not the big bad media here. They control the stories. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right, and I think you're right to to take him first. This is this is in in some ways it feels like the Nick Sirianni yep. game. Um, I mean, I I could make a case for Patricia here, hmm. and I mean, is your opinion really changing on Patricia? That's the thing. Like, yeah. if he comes out and it's like this unbelievable game yeah. plan, it changes a little bit, but it's it. There's such a longer track record that it doesn't change a ton. Uh, this is, it, it doesn't feel like first round pick quality, but I, I think there is a, an interesting state here for Darius Slay. Okay. He's um, on my list. So that's a good one. Because right now heading into the off season, the narrative is, and I, and I think correctly that, you know, the Eagles made their bet on bringing back both of these aging corners and they have both taken a significant step back. James Bradbury more so than Darius Slay. But if Darius Slay comes back and is and is healthy for this game and you know shuts down Mike Evans and has like a vintage Slay game, not only does that make you feel a little bit better about him next year because he's he is going to be here next year. Yes. Bradbury is going to be a conversation that they may have to uh, eat a lot of money, but he's going to be here next year. You feel a little bit better about the general state of the secondary if that's the case, and also you can make the case. You can sort of convince yourself that that was part of what was wrong with the defense the last month is that they didn't have Darius Slay, right? I, yeah. I think that's yeah. a little bit of a stretch. But if he comes back and has like a vintage game, then I think we feel better just in general about the state of, if not the defense, a little bit more about the secondary. It's a good point. And the way I would add to that is when we talked about how this season could go bad this year before the season. Mm-hmm. One thing I said is they had remarkable injury luck last year. What if the injury luck catches up to them? Uh, and they the still thing had is, a very good injury. That's luck, what yeah. I'm saying. They it, this has happened while they they've they've actually been fairly healthy. The only key players, like like major players, that they've missed for a relatively extended period was Dallas Goddard and Darius Slay. Now you can put Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean has he Avante played Maddox. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, but Slay and Goddard are like blue chip guys for them. And so this collapse has corresponded with Slay being out of the lineup. So perhaps Slay gives you a stabilizing force at corner that changes your coverage scheme, that changes the way you call things, that just gives a peace of mind on the field. He's a really tough assignment this week, right? He's, he's going to see Mike Evans for part of this game. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Darius Slay is a good one. All right. Uh, you agree with me because it's in your wheelhouse? I've done better than that. That's, uh, that's uh, yes. That's... Yeah, let me tell you guys about Wheelhouse here. Hope their power is working. Definitely hope hope their power is working because they're open at 11 a.m. most days, right? Uh, at, well, well, seven days a week year-round. And um, I was actually going through with my— You know what, Zach? I could have teed you up better for this. I could have told you. I could have told no, you I, 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 I could have had this up. But you know what? I don't have to read from something because the best endorsement that I could give 
is that I am a customer at Wheelhouse. And the reason I'm a customer is because it is your go-to cards and collectible spot uh, in the in in the Delaware Valley. They have locations in Wayne and Westchester. Uh, I am wearing actually underneath here, underneath here, uh, a shirt that I got at uh, Shy Vintage Sports. And where did I get that? At Wheelhouse because I shop at Wheelhouse this could myself. Be our chance to dip into nudity if you want to show us that what the undershirt. Uh, no, that's okay. It would. Okay. It's a. I mean, the, the sponsors would like it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm wearing one. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to lift up the shirt. But, uh, but, but the motto at, at Wheelhouse is cards and community because Level of Sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome, Baseball, Amosé, Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like from brands like Mitchell Ness, Forty Seven Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shy Vintage Sports, including. The shirt that I'm wearing right now underneath this hoodie. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop in to either of their stores, Wayne or Westchester, seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY. Get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Uh, just like everybody knows, Zach is a, is a Wheelhouse man. Everybody knows I'm a rocket money man. Use Rocket Money saves me money. Can save you money too. It's gonna go through all your list of subscriptions. We've all got subscriptions these days. Do you have duplicatives? Do you have ones that you're paying for that you don't even remember you're paying for that you're not using anymore? Rocket Money will hook you up to keep track of all of your spending and make you save some money. Rocket Money, as you know, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They will even get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They, uh, it's not only a money saver, it's a time saver. If you need to cancel something, they will do it for you. Rocket Money, and as, as we all know, time is money, Zach. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So... Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y, rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. And one quick thing I, I would like to add is that uh, Shy Vintage Sports and FOCO are not the only places to go to get gear. hey Also, make sure... You go to phlylocker.com for all the great PHLY gear. And the reason I'm bringing this up particularly today is because we got new hoodies up there on, new merch, on, baby. On, on the site. If you like some of our Eagles merch, we actually have uh, PHLY football hoodies now. And in addition to that, by the way, there are great hats of all different kinds. They have the dad hats that I that I tend to wear. But they also have those golf hats with the, uh, what's that string in, uh, in the front? That's pretty stylish now. Okay. Um, they have the flat brim hats that are popular. Okay. So for all different styles, and you can check that out on PHLY. You like a hat with no logo. You like a, a plain hat. Yeah, but I'm going to be wearing a, I'm going to be wearing one with the PHLY logo. But yeah, okay. I, do, I, I do like the, I like the, 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 the nondescript look. I, I don't like logos in general. Well, no, I, I just don't like wearing logos in general. Yes. 
I'm trying to unpack that as a as a right. as a man who's who's generally so pro business and so uh, <laughs> like brand loyal to to shun logos is I feel like even though I got this this this, this Nike uh, logo yeah. right here it's 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 a nice bomber jacket what can I say yeah. um, but you're like you're like a walking Rob Lowe the uh, the NFL <laughs> what what wearing the shield yeah uh, I just like I like to be nondescript in the yeah, like solid stuff, basically. That's why you're, you're trying to unpack it. There's nothing. I mean, I'm, yeah, uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to talk. We don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Bears have fired Luke Getze. Oh, that will that will fix it. <laughs> I mean, they were playing pretty well second half of the season. You're an Eberflus guy, huh? I am not the a Eberflus guy. Uh, all right, let's move on with this draft. You're up next. I feel like we don't need to go too deep here because we also want to go back at, at the uh, yeah. midseason stock draft. Maybe maybe three rounds. We'll see. All right. Well, so, so this is also low hanging fruit, but Jalen Hurts. And the reason I say Jalen Hurts is because I, to, uh, I don't know if. Well, go ahead. I'll let you talk. Yeah. Look, he's a franchise quarterback. When things aren't going like he's been, he, he hasn't been 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 getting a lot of blame during this slide here. And he actually has has been playing fairly decently, right outside of the Giants game when no one seemed to play well. But we'll get to this because I'm actually yeah. I, it, it was an interesting exercise. He he has been much worse in the second half yes, of the than season. Yeah, was the first. Yeah. yeah, but the he's the he's the franchise quarterback. He's the he's the one who uh, all he he rises all tides, right? So he's the he's the sets the temperature in the room, like he says. And when you set the temperature and you lose five of six. And you lose a playoff game against a team that you should beat when you're favored, yeah. Some of that goes to the quarterback for sure. That that cannot, and especially when uh, he has a strong offensive line in front of him, right? They were rated today by Pro Football Focus as the number one offensive line in the NFL. Jordan Mailata is the top offensive tackle. And one could debate Pro Football Focus, but it's it's not as if yeah. I mean, you know, some guy on the street has them rated as the third. So <laughs> okay. you know, well, we can. Okay. Equally valuable. If they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith back this week, he's two of the best wide receivers in the league, maybe the best wide receiver tandem. Um, you can't keep blaming play calling. You can't keep blaming all. Sometimes the quarterback needs to be the difference, right? And you're going you're gonna to laugh when I say this. Uh, I saw a trailer for the Dynasty which is uh, a miniseries coming out about the Patriots. And, mm -hmm. are you, are you, and, and do you know where I'm going with this? I don't know where you're going with it. but uh, Danny Amendola had a quote in there. <laughs> okay. okay. First interview uh, that I, uh, first player uh, interview of mine as an intern for the Philadelphia Eagles website. How was it? It was good. Yeah. I think you were there that day. Was I? Okay. It might have been. I was with the Washington Post and I went up there. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. And, and, and you were like, who's this guy who used to work for the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who you were. <laughs> I, I, did I introduce myself? Yeah. Yeah. Was I polite? You were very Zach, as, okay. as, as, if I remember. <laughs> okay. You were nice. You had a firm handshake. And Thank you. Yeah. yeah you said, listen to, listen to C-Mac. That's, that's sound advice then and now. Yes. Now, so in any event, uh, Denny Amendola said, we worked for Bill. We played for Tom. I'm going to repeat that. We worked for Bill, <laughs> but we played for Tom. That. Kirk Cousins tweeted yesterday. That's the greatest compliment a quarterback can receive. Uh, and so I framed this as... Do you have this, tweet alerts for Kirk Cousins? No. Um, I saw uh, a national reporter share that. Okay. So 
as that's 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 way of saying Nick's getting all the heat. Jalen is part of this too. Jalen's the most important person in the franchise. More important than the coach. Yes. I mean, Howie might not. He's more important than the GM. Jalen's the. Uh, this is built around Jalen right now. So uh, I think that he needs to raise the level of play here going forward for sure. Yeah, I, I think my initial has my my initial hesitation is that you know whether if he has a bad game, he's still going to be the face of the franchise. He's still going to be the guy. Yeah. And we're still going to think of him as a good quarterback, right? But I do think there's something too, like, ooh, nice and windy going on. Got a, got a little rattle going on in the building. Let's keep the power on. You know, I was once on. And I, no was, I was once live on the Eagles website during that uh, East Coast earthquake. I remember that. Uh, and like you could see everything shaking, and they can close the show with with a plum. You know where I was that day? Uh, probably the Giants facility. I was at a press conference for the introduction of MetLife Stadium. Wow, I nailed it. Yes. It was an August one, day. One correct? of the top five days of your life. <laughs> it was an August day. I love that place. Um, but if we think of Jalen Hurts as part of the Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, you know, tier of quarterbacks, which we thought last year, mm-hmm. I think he has played a... a dip below that this year. But if you think of any of those guys, no matter how terrible a season their team had had, if you were just looking from the outside and saying that quarterback is going on the road to play Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks, they should win that game. Yes. And so I think there is something to that. Um, I think being so close to it, we may excuse if he doesn't play well on everything that's going on around him, but you're right. He is, he is the force of personality on that team he is all about big games. He needs to. He needs yeah. to play well. And just to build on the, on that, you were like on on Stafford's road to the Super Bowl. You recall he beat Tom Brady and he beat Joe Burrow, right? Um, you you kind of go through some of these these quarterback versus quarterback matchups, even though the quarterbacks aren't playing against each other. On Hertz's road to the Super Bowl last year, he beat Daniel Jones, and then Brock Purdy got knocked out mm. of the game. And then in the Super Bowl, Jalen played amazing. Probably the best game we've ever seen him play. Yeah. But they didn't win that game, right? So it's it's not as if he outdoled Patrick Mahomes. So so yeah. So I'm saying if 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 you lose to Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, you have to say you're the superior quarterback. You need to raise your team's level of play in this game. I'm gonna go with a uh, a defensive player who we have talked a lot about. I think Jalen Carter. Okay. Um <clears throat> Has he has still been good down the stretch, right? But he has fizzled a little bit. He was he was a dynamo in the yep. first half of the season, especially and against Tampa. Especially against, and it looked like, oh my God, the Eagles got this guy who like he might be the next Aaron Donald. Yep. And rookie defensive tackles, we talked about this for a long time. There is not a great track record of immediate production, and so he has had a very good season. But he has slowed as the season has come on. If he doesn't do much in this game. I think that's fine. We'll we'll still project him to have a nice jump in year two, become the best player on the defense, and that's good. But if he comes out in this game and and you know has a monster game, then we're like, okay, like yes, we've seen it. You know, he he can be a big time player in big big time games too. Um, you know, he can flip that switch, and it also makes you just feel better about the the state of the defense. Which right now, I think we're going to be feeling pretty dire about heading into next season. I agree with you there. That's a good one there. Uh, 
especially because of the way he played against Tampa. So I'm, I'm going to stay on the defense for mine. You're going to go with your boy? I'm going to go with Josh Sweat. And the reason, Keeping the streak alive of every draft we have, you, you back Josh Sweat. So Josh Sweat has not been productive during this backstretch of the schedule. No doubt. He has not had a sack since that Dallas win before, before the, the bye. bye. Okay? So eight games here without a sack. He was on a really good pace before that. Uh, last year, going into the postseason, he had that scary neck injury. He, he just returned. The year before that, he had this freak injury uh, before yeah, the Tampa he didn't get game. To play in that game. And he missed it down there in Tampa. So here he is now. He's healthy. Okay. He hasn't had the impact in games that they need him to have. And if he goes nine games without a sack to close the season, that's 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 discouraging. And you expect better from him based on the role he has on the team, the salary he's he's getting paid, the uh, the snaps that he's playing this season, and it just makes you wonder: is he like is he an elite player? Is he a good player? Or is he an elite player? And there have been thoughts, and I've I've said this. Okay, so I will I will wear it that he could take that jump. He's gotten better every season, and then this season, it it, it regressed, yeah. and it looked through those first eight games, like it was it was going to be even better. Like this was an, another year with double-digit sacks even more. So, yeah. The, and not only has he not hit that level, he's been playing so many more snaps. And exactly. so you can say that those two, two things are connected, but like on, a, on, a, on an efficiency basis, yeah. on a per-rush basis, he has been way worse. Yep. So I, so he's, he's someone who I am obviously clearly watching this week. Okay, good one. I don't really know where to go with the last one. Um, you know, you can make a case for Big Dom if he comes back. Yeah, they okay. go to the Super Bowl. That's okay. a good one. We know that he's he's the, he's been the glue all along. And you know, the camera's gonna be is is is, is gonna be finding him. Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, I think I think you could make a good case for Brian Johnson for the same reasons we we talked about Nick from the offensive design standpoint. Um, if they put together a great game plan, that will reflect well on him. Um. You know, the rest of the guys on defense, it's like, what is really up for grabs? I got a guy on defense that I'm going with if you don't use him. Well, this is the last pick. Oh, okay. I thought so, we were going four. We were I think I, I said three because we got to go. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, to the other stuff. I don't know. I'm stumped. Who's your guy on defense? I was going to say Kevin Byard. <laughs> okay. Okay. Kevin Byard has, has been... This has looked more like the... Uh, I can't imagine anything Kevin Byard does in this game is going to... I'm going to remember it a week from now. Well, I mean, we all remember I mean, Golden like Tate. Like three pick sixes. Yeah, 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 Golden Tate against uh, against Chicago. Uh, yeah, okay. He catches that touchdown, and Chris Collinsworth on the on the call says, the trade's worth it for Howie Roseman, yeah. right? Because he, he catches that touchdown against Chicago that essentially wins them the game there. Uh, what if Kevin Byard has a huge pick six here? What if Kevin Byard makes the plays that, that we... We're talking about as a possibility when the Eagles traded for him. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard. Okay. Because I feel like um, Dallas Goddard has been not absent, but not as big of a part of the offense as we all expected. And as I think the Eagles believe him to be. Um, and if we go into the offseason with another fizzling game from him, and he's going to be what, like twenty nine years old next yeah. year? Like you're thinking, okay, they like the Eagles need to replace Dallas Goddard sooner than later. 
Uh, he'll be, yeah, he's already 29. Um, like this could be the end of Dallas Goddard as like the number three guy. Yeah. Uh, whereas if he has a big game, you think, okay, I mean, now we probably, we probably shouldn't overvalue one game here, but I think there's an opportunity for him to, to, to make us feel better about it. A second round pick spent on Jatavian Sanders or someone like that. Sure. I, I want you to do that, but like make up a name because I will not okay, know. Jatavian Sanders is a tight end on Texas. Well, I assumed and, he was a tight end. Yeah, and the number one tight end in the draft you know is Brock Bowers. Hmm. Brock Bowers is going to be a top 10 pick. Brock Berlin. Brock Bowers is the best tight end since 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 Kyle Pitts. So, Okay, so he too will make no impact uh, at all in the NFL level. Well, Kyle Pitts had a great first year. And he had an injury his second year that I think affected him this year. But we don't need to go down the rabbit hole. Have you put in your name discussion. for the Falcons head coaching job? Have I, I haven't put in my name. It, it, mm. Are you able to apply for a head coaching you job? You should. Like, are, are those on LinkedIn and you can send it? You know what? I somebody? saw that somebody was sending around there was a, like the uh, University of Penn offensive coordinator position was open. Oh, is that right? And that was listed on like the, the job website. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be fascinated if, if like NFL teams take take uh well, obviously yeah. they're not going to take applications, yeah. but I, I would love to give an opening press. You should conference. put some. You should put some. Put some feelers out there. I would love to give an opening press conference. I would nail it. But yeah, yeah, I would nail what it. What would you say? I mean, let's. We're going to be palpable. We're going to be physical. We're going to be multiple. No, let's save this for post. No, I wouldn't give cliches. I would give explanations. But 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 let's save this for post playoffs because okay. uh, I, I think we can do a good press conference then. All right. Well, if you want to buy tickets to Zach's opening press conference, you can go to Game Time. They won't have it, but you can go to Game Time anyway. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, Zach, before the show today, I went back and uh, re-watched, re-listened to our two episodes of Stock Drafts. Real quick. From, go ahead. What speed do you—I was listening to you listen. Well, that was on purpose listen. so that I could get through it quickly. That was a, that was a YouTube 1.75 or 2.0. Can you decipher what they're saying? Well, I'm, I didn't—I was, I was just trying to figure out who we drafted. I wasn't—I okay. didn't need to listen to the whole episode. But what's— but you told me you you listen Usually, to Usually, well, it depends. Like, there, like it, it depends on the podcast. Yeah, Denise. Some podcasts I go like 1.6. Oh, some I can't if go I need to, if, if it's more of like a uh, if it's more of a comedy podcast, I'll okay. go more like 1.2. That's then then it feels like it's just a normal conversation. If I'm just trying to like download information into my brain, I go 1.6. The pod I listened to today, uh, I, I listened to at 1.5, and I had, and I found myself going back and trying to. Um, like decipher some of the points that I might have missed. Yeah, so it's a tough balance, you know. Yeah, you're always in search of productivity. Yeah, and efficiency. That's part of what the podcast was about. So, great. Some some 
Rich guy named Bob, probably. And it was <laughs> uh, his, his name was Michael, and okay. it was uh, it was Michael Eisner. No, uh, but it's but, but, but similar vein. It was it was it was Michael Ovitz. Invest with the best with Michael Ovitz. Okay. So it was a good one. I highly recommend it. Well, I, I will not be listening to it, but thank you for the recommendations. All right, uh, <clears throat> on offense, let's go through this because I think this is a good way to sort of look back at how things have played out relative to what our yep. expectations were. This chair keeps dipping a little bit. Found to be my height. Here we go. All right. Uh, you had the first pick on the offensive draft, and you made the guy who we all thought seemed to be like the red pick, Devontae Smith. First half of the season, 59 yards per game. Second half of the season, 76 yards per game. Nailed it. I think he got that one. Um, I would say just feel-wise, it certainly feels like he, he was a more bigger part of the offense second half of the season. Good job by you. My first pick, Jack Stoll up. I was getting a little bit too cute here. No doubt you about don't that. Say. Uh, <laughs> trying to play the game instead of the, the narrative. But now this was in the context of Dallas Goddard had just gotten hurt. First half of the season, Jack Stoll had two catches for 10 yards. Second half of the season, three catches for 28 yards. So that's a hit, but it's not one that I feel great about. There you go. 150% increase. And that's, <laughs> that's right. You wouldn't have known that unless you listened to Invest with the Best. Uh, you had DeAndre Swift up. I feel like this is a tough this is a tough case to mm. make. Now, first half of the season, 68 yards per game from the ground, 4.5 yards per rush. Not too far off second half of the season, 62 yards per game and 4.6 yards per carry. They stayed healthy. Stayed healthy. Um I don't know that I would say narrative wise like feel wise his stock rose. I would agree. In the second half of the season, but I also don't think that it was a significant drop off. No, and I I think there was concern that he was he was wearing down. Yes. That he would wear down and that did not occur. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I would I wouldn't give you the the point there, but I think it was. A, I'll take a push on that one. That's on an L. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's a forty degree day, as they say on the yeah. wire. Um, this was a, a good pick by me, uh, not a fun one, but I said AJ Brown down. Uh, you know, he had he was playing at such an unbelievable yes. production rate, hundred and eleven yards per game first half of the season, down to fifty six yards per game second half of the season. Um, there's no doubt that. He became less dynamic as the offense became less dynamic. We move on. Uh, you had Jordan Mailata down. I don't know how I feel about that one. Now, the only guy on the team who played 100% of the snaps yes. on offense over the course of the season, got to give him credit for that. And Pro Football Focus has him rated as the number one offensive mm. tackle in the league. So <laughs> I will take the L on that one. Okay. Now, to be fair, Brandon Thorne did have the Eagles as the best offensive line heading into the, heading into the playoffs. And, and he you respect actually Brandon knows Thorne's what he's man. talking about. Yes. So. Jeez, PFF catching more strays. That's not a stray. That's that is, a direct that shot. Is, I'm looking at the camera. That is yeah. right between the eyes. Um, I had Rashad Penny up. Now, production-wise, <laughs> he went from three carries for nine yards to eight carries for 24 yards. But I cannot, in good conscience, take the win here, even, even if he got more carries. I think as the season went on and he continued to toil in the inactives list, I think we all understood that, like, what is going on here? Why has he been on the team all season? Were you expecting a swift regression? Was that the reason? I think I just thought that they were going to play him at some like he was going to be part of the real yeah. offense for once and not just the week 18 throwaway. Um, so I'll, I will take a loss there. Uh, you had Cam Jurgens up because this was, remember, the point in time when like the, the running game was not as good without yes. him. He came back. I feel like it's about that's about a steady 
for for Cam Jurgens. That wind was intense. Oh, well, listen, we're on the top floor. We're in the corner. You know, we're getting we're getting hit. Yes, I had Olamide Zacchaeus up. Bad bad one here. Uh, he had six catches for 87 yards the first half of the season. Four catches for 77 yards the second half of the season. Played about a hundred fewer snaps in the second half of the season. I, I find this one still a little bit confounding. Like I don't understand why he didn't get more opportunities. He feels like the best option of those other three guys, but I don't know what I don't know. Uh, they like themselves some Julio Jones. Well, that goes to your next pick because uh, Mr. On the Come, you had Julio Jones up, went from two catches for 11 yards to nine catches for 63 yards. If and I'm, how many touchdowns? Uh, two. Two. Uh, if I'm going to give myself Jack Stoll, I got to give you Julio Jones. Uh, he, you know, I think we've all been not very impressed with Julio Jones. But Speak for yourself. What has impressed you about Julio Jones? What has impressed me about Julio Jones? I mean, the locker room figure that he is. The... <laughs> The the, uh, the reverence with which his teammates speak about him. Great. That's what does that have to do with his production? And the season's like, I mean, he, he had that two-touchdown game. Okay. And you never know what can happen here in the playoffs, going back to Tampa. Three-touchdown game. Or he had three touchdowns on the season, rather. Yeah, so two I, in yeah. that game. Yes. He, had, he, he, had, he had one against Washington, and then he had two against yeah. Arizona. Yes. Um, I took Jalen Hurts up. Now, this was a miss. Uh, at the time, he was playing well, but I thought that maybe like the turnover regression would come in a positive way. Uh, the numbers are, are are pretty stark here, and, and I think it it paints a picture that that is not exactly how I had thought about the second half of the season. First half of the year, sixty eight point nine percent completion percentage percentage, Lolita. Uh, second half of the season, sixty point nine. Completion percentage, so dropped significantly there. 7.7 yards per attempt to 6.5 yards per attempt. 15 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. And then in the second half of the season, 8 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. EPA per dropback went from .11, which is in like the 6th or 7th in the league area, if it were to be over the course of the season, down to .01, which is all the way down to like 18th over the course of the season. He also uh, he took a few fewer sacks. But generally speaking... Like the 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 trouble issues that you thought he was having didn't get better, and the things he was doing well, like uh, you know, it's part of the reason. Like the completion percentage over expected, that stuff dropped down a little bit. Um, some of those things that were maybe a little bit fluky, and obviously he has not protected the ball well enough. It's a good point, and and you would expect, like we said about him having something to prove, that when things went bad, he would play even better. And I thought he played well against Arizona. Uh, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I he, thought he played well against the the he, first game yeah, against the Giants. He, he barely had well. any completion. Seattle was the game that I put on him. Seattle was was as poorly as he's played in a long time here. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, your last one on offense act was Jason Kelsey down. How do you feel about that? I think that was. Um, just because he's so good all the time, I don't think Jason Kelsey's been down. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. You were coming. That was coming off of his uh, his his appearance on the Amazon Prime broadcast. I think you were thinking he was a little over, overexposed, maybe. Overexposed. Ah, I don't think Jason Kelsey's overexposed. I okay. think Jason Kelsey's properly exposed. Frankly, he he could be. I mean, anytime. I think Jason Kelsey's value added that ESPN body issue. I think Jason Kelsey's value added to any production that he's on. So. I agree. So, no. 
some people who are overexposed are people who are there, but that don't bring anything to the table. I think Jason Kelsey brings something to the table whenever he's on. Okay. Who would be someone who you think is overexposed? Pat McAfee. Okay. Like, I, I would say, I say it's the guy at the, uh, the guy who went swimming in the Bass Pro Shops pool. <laughs> okay. Like, of the, I, I think Travis might be more overexposed than Jason. Wow. Right? Like, I don't find Travis to be as enlightening in, the, in these interviews or on the pod as Jason is. Shots fired. Here come the Swifties. Yeah, actually, I should be careful. My my daughter is, is a Swifty. It was uh, her birthday yesterday, and we listened on the whole way, way to, to dinner and back to um, the different Taylor Swift songs. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you got that treat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, home run here for me. I had Marcus Mariota down. Uh, didn't play in the first half of the season. Came in through an ugly interception. Yes. So I'm going to take a win there. On the defensive side of the ball, I took Fletcher Cox's advice. Uh, and went Reed Blankenship up. I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can, in good conscience, say he went up. I think it was more of a uh, a level, a leveling, not unlike De- uh, DeAndre Swift. There, uh, he also missed some time. So, I think, how, like, how do you feel about Reed Blankenship heading into next year? Oh, I would feel good about him. I think he's your starting safety for sure. But he's missed time consistently throughout the season. Like he's he's missed time on separate occasions. He's had two concussions. And he has this injury now that um, even though these are all separate, they certainly need to work on their safety depth, especially knowing Sidney Brown has, is coming back from an injury either early in the season or midseason. Yeah. Uh, that your was a first... callback to yesterday's show. Good job. Way to no sell. Uh, your first pick, very on brand. You went Derek Barnett down. Now They cut him. <laughs> yeah. And I made the case, like, how could he get even lower? And they cut him. So cut you him. get that. However, Thor. it is also important to point out, since going to Houston, he has been playing well. He has two and a half sacks for the uh, Houston Texans over the last six games, more than any Eagles edge rusher. So uh, shout out to Derek Barnett. In the context of the Eagles, though, I will, I will give you the win there. Also, shout out to Bo and, and me on this one, because when you see the Houston Texans success, man, we called it with D'Amico. Handsome man. Power of attractiveness. Terrific leader. Great leadership attributes. Uh, the, the, the great football mind can can scheme and connect and motivate all in one. So yeah. also it does have a like unbelievable rookie quarterback. To be fair. Oh sure, but I look. I think D'Amico deserves credit there. I mean, he certainly deserves credit. I'm just. Yeah. It's not. It's not like he you know took a ragtag defense-led group necessarily. I think that the offense has a lot to do with that. Um, I went Nolan Smith up. I mean, I guess he's played more. Uh, That was the impetus behind that, just that he had to play more. But I don't feel like he's done much with that opportunity. I I think that's actually... I don't even know if I can take that. Yeah, I I will take the L on Nolan Smith too. So Uh, far. So, I mean, I, I nailed it that they would take him in the first round, but... That has not worked the way they anticipated. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's going to be tough to hit an up on the defensive side of the ball. You had a, a great call here. Nicholas Morrow down. Now, remember, this is right after N'Kobe Dean had been lost yeah. for the season. You knew that Morrow was going to play more. You, you were saying he had been playing well in his bit role, you know, splitting time with N'Kobe Dean. He would be overexposed. Absolutely right there. Um, good job by you. Yeah, there's a reason he did not make the 53 out of camp. 
I mean, I, I rem- this is one of the biggest player personnel usage mysteries to me of the entire season is, is how much burn Nicholas Morrow gets, how much they count on him, why he's still like, why they chose him over Christian Ellis, why he continues to be on the, like he didn't make the team. He hasn't done much with those reps. Like what he, he must be like the best meeting room guy there's ever been. Yeah. Or they just like him with, with the green dot, you know, calling the plays. Uh, because as I mean, just shine it with a megaphone. If that's like, (laughs) I'm not disputing that. Uh, I had Zach Cunningham down. I think that counts as well. Um, as much as they treat him like he's the best middle linebacker in football, uh, he has also been a little bit overexposed and he missed time. Uh, I will, I will take that one. You had Bradley Roby up. Now at this point, he only played in two games. They were waiting for him to come back. He had that one, uh, big prime time performance, but he also lost his job. I don't think you can necessarily when take Avante that. When Avante came back, yeah. Well, when like a hobbled shell of himself, Avante yeah. came back, he was he went straight to inactive. I don't think you can take an up there. I think that's that's about level. Uh, I took Jalen Carter up. We already talked about Jalen Carter. That did not happen. You took James Bradbury up. That is a that is a tough L. Um, what is your what do you, what, what do you what do you think of James Bradbury heading into the offseason? You think they're going to move on? It's a significant and they're going to eat that pill money to swallow. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so, but I think they can have him on the team and his playing time could kind of wane as the season progresses next year, going with, with, with Keely He's Ringo. He's been a problem. Yeah, and that, that, that's eating a lot of money. Um, so that's, that's when you called, when, when you said the league has spoken, right? Like if, if you're getting a guy who was in your building back, uh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had Christian Ellis up. I think, uh, I think that's a win. Um, because not, maybe the team released him, but it becomes clear that he was the fulcrum of everything that was happening to begin with. So that's a, that's a good one for me. Uh, you had Josh Sweat up. <laughs> Tough. What else is no? no yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I took Sidney Brown up. And now at this point, he was only playing a bit role. So yeah, I, that, I think that, that I think one you have counts. to win on that. Um, now, tough situation for him heading into this next season. But I think over the second half of the season, that works. And then uh, somehow, somehow... Well, you, I'll let you make the case here because your last pick was Sean Desai yeah. up. Yeah, I'm taking Sean Desai with uh, with. Uh, I I think I get the win on this one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Here's the thing: you can't have him up and Derek Barnett down. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. Because it's that's it's, a fair, it's like that's what, a what fair the team point. decided or what proved to be true. That's a fair point. But I'm just saying they were disa- they were disastrous. Yes. Um, after they fired Sean Desai, I've never seen an in-season move backfire more than that one. Like the Colts it's seem crazy. Like, the Colts seem to have a better idea with Jeff Saturday, who had not been a coach last year. Yeah. Than when the Eagles went from Matt from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia. Yeah. So yeah, I made the point on the show. I put a tweet out last week about it after the show. It's just, it's usually the inverse. Usually I put the tweet out then I make the point on the show this time, but. Sean decides fitness. We should close every show with like a like a, a credit scroll of just your last week of tweets. Hey man, um, if if it if it helps uh, the PHLY brand, I'm happy to do it. Um, Sean Desai is uh, his fitness as a DC has never looked better than it does now. I don't know that I totally agree with that, but certainly it looks better than it did a, a month ago. Yeah, and who was your last one? Or Sydney Brown. Sydney yeah, Brown. That was last your last one. one. By the uh, way, I'm going to call real quick a a free agent shot right now. Okay. Okay. 
By the way, uh, total here is a five for me, four for you. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to sign Jeremy Chin this offseason. Okay. He's leaving the Panthers. He basically said he wants to go to a place that's valued. He's a depressed asset at this point. Uh, that's the type of player they've kind of targeted is this former high draft pick. He was a second-round pick. Um, he could kind of play this safety linebacker hybrid role. They can figure they can bring him in the camp. I can't imagine. We don't even know what kind of defensive scheme they're going to be running. No, but I can see how, you know, that's that's the player famously that the Eagles were going to draft if they didn't take Jalen Hurts. Uh, so I, I think they, they signed Jeremy Chin this offseason. And I'm going to mark this date down. So January 10th. Yeah, yeah, January 10th. We can go back this offseason to the January 10th show. Uh, when, if and when they do it. This is the second thing we're going to put on that list with uh, Sidney Brown plays in September. Okay. Okay, we'll see how it goes. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We are back tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Shiel Kapadia. So we are looking forward to that. Uh, we will uh, get into whatever we want to get into. So Whatever's little, on Bo's mind. A little, a little treat for the sickos as I continue to sink just this chair. There we go. Just... What's it feel like to be down there? <laughs> How's the weather up there, Zach? <laughs> yes. First time I've ever been asked that one. Um, we look forward to that. <laughs> We're at 10 o'clock the rest of the week. Uh, on Friday, we'll have Dane Is. Tomorrow, we've got Shields. So a couple, uh, couple three-handers to close out the week as the Eagles prepare. Three-handers? Oh, three-person shows. Yeah. Okay. Hadn't heard that expression before. Um, as the Eagles prepare for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For Zach and Julia, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. Love city like the mayor. 